You're watching Fowler Success Safe at Home. In this podcast series, we are interviewing SDSU alumni to get their perspectives on COVID-19, working from home, and what they think SDSU students need to know in order to navigate the workplace in the new normal. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Fowler Success Safe from Home. Uh, today, I'm here with Christian DeLeon, who graduated from SDSU with a bachelor's in marketing in 2009, who currently works in digital communications at Intuit and is also the founder of 410 Marketing. Thank you for joining us, Christian. Thanks for having me, Tim. All right. So we'll just go ahead and dive into it. So uh, first of all, you know, you've spent several years working in marketing and digital communications. How has this COVID moment changed this space and what changes do you see as temporary and which ones do you see as more permanent? Yeah, se- several years. I, um, I like to think back to like my college days where like I didn't even have Facebook and then this thing came Twitter, this thing called Twitter came along and you know, jumped on that and have been doing social and, and digital ever since. But I mean, we really haven't had a, a year quite like the past year that we've had, right? Um, lots of lots of accelerations, though. You know, I think I think it's kind of it's it's changed for for the better, for the worse. You know, it's it's kind of course corrected some things. And I think that the biggest thing that I see is is more people are becoming creators now, and um, you know, and I see that in a lot of spaces. There's there's you know, more podcasts being put out there, more pieces of content. Everybody has a point of view and, and they're more willing to share that, right? Whether that's that's going on Twitter, whether that's going on TikTok, on Instagram. Um, you know, I think the the quote unquote craze now is is the influencer um, thing that everybody talks about, but I like to look at it more as as creator. You know, I think I think that that term, you know, the influencer term kind of evolved into something that it is today. And you know, what I see is more just people who are out there creating content and, and sharing their point of view. Um, I think the last year has, for some people, really given them, you know, given them avenues to, to do things, whether they had to pivot uh, because of COVID and because of quarantine to, you know, to change their business model or whether it's people who, you know, needed an outlet or, or had more time on their hands or needed something to do over the last year and, and they had the energy to do it. You know, they they were, doing more online because we, you know, we're doing stuff like this, right. Where we had to be safe at home and you know, we, we all got a little more comfortable in front of our computers. We all taught our parents how to zoom, you know, for some of us that was easier than others. Um, but I think that's, that's probably been the biggest thing just comfortability with technology um, for people and, and being able to put your, your story out there, being willing to put your story out there. Yeah, that's so interesting because, in, you know, in higher ed, it's been a huge transition, right? Right. It's forced, us to think about digital content differently, learn new technologies, right? And this is kind of the moment where it's it sort of democratized it in a way, because right. there's a lot of the demand for live transcription and, you know, AI powered transcription for video. It's kind of kind of toppled some of the hurdles that were previously there for doing things like what we're doing right now. Right, exactly. I think that the interesting thing too is, you know, I would say two years ago, like we were all capturing content, right? Like, you know, we're all at concerts and we've got our phones up for for videos that we'll probably never watch again. And you know, there's all this there's all this footage and photos being taken. But now because we're all digital in front of screens, like we're actually recording that content um, all the time. You know, anytime we have an interaction with somebody, now it's almost always recorded um, or can be recorded. Uh, you know, I think in the beginning of this, when we were all doing Zoom get-togethers, it was like. Now, did you really do a Zoom get together if you didn't take a screenshot of the uh, of it and post it on your Instagram stories? You know, we were all capturing content that way um, as well. Yeah, that's that's true. That's super interesting. So, I guess the next question would be, uh, you know, this is there's for all the benefits, like you said, there's also been difficult aspects too. What do you think have been the most difficult aspects? professionally as well as personally during this transition? Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with interpersonal 
interpersonal communications and interpersonal connections, right? There's, we, we don't have the, um, you know, at, at work, we don't have the hallway conversations anymore, right? We don't have the, the little flybys where you're, you're getting to chat with people. You know, now you have to be purposeful about communicating with others or connecting with others. You have to send a text message. You have to send an email. You have to make a phone call. You have to send a meeting. You know, there's not that, oh, hey, I'm in the, I'm in the break room, you know, grabbing, my, grabbing something or I'm in the hallway and I'm walking by you and we're catching up on things. And if you don't make a point to, to reach out and connect with somebody, like you, you won't connect with them. Like that's, there's no, uh, there's no digital, digital hallway, right? We're, we're not in clubhouse. Yeah, that kind of the water cooler moments, right? Where right. the not planned, you know, kind of new initiatives or ideas that develop from right. those kind of informal conversations. Right. And that's where some of the best, that's where, you know, professionally, that's where professionally and creatively, that's where some of the best stuff comes from. Um, and I think we've all had to evolve and figure out, you know, how do we, how do we do that? And, you know, I know with, with me and my teams, it's been, you know, we're just, we're connect, we're trying to connect more, right. Whether that's, um, you know, scheduling, scheduling weekly one-on-ones and, you know, where the topic is just what's going on. Like, let's, you know, let's catch up. Um, you know, let's cover anything off that, that needs to be covered, but also just let's chat and connect and, and, you know, look each other, look each other in the face like we're doing now um, and, and have some of that time to, you know, for, for things to organically um, happen and be communicated. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, right? That, that, and this has been something I've heard from like meetings and events, right? That kind of like magic from the in-person networking has been, you know, something that right. not hasn't gone away, but you have to be a lot more purposeful right. and planning it and making sure that it, it still happens. Right. Uh, one thing that's really interesting is your current role at Intuit, right? Which is, you know, such a, you know, huge employer in the region. You interviewed and started during COVID, right? So you went through your, you've been only at Intuit from the, you know, the onboarding, hiring, interview process during this moment. What was that like looking for a job and starting a new job and transitioning during all this? Right. So I, I you know, I've, I've never set foot on the Intuit campus, never set foot in the Intuit office. I hear it's beautiful. Um, you know, I think that's such an interesting thing that like, you know, there's, there are so many of my coworkers um, who I've never met, like the majority of my coworkers I've never met in person before. Um, you know, only the few, the handful from having previous uh, relationships with, but um, that's such a, it's been such a process. You know, I I would say like from the, from the looking for a role, um, you know, and looking for looking, as I got into this role, you know, the nice thing was, and, you know, I I think we can touch on this at some point, just, it was something that, that came to me a little bit, um, you know, and it wasn't something that I was, that I actually like went out and, and applied for. It was, it was a little bit of networking, a little bit of, um, you know, having connections with people, which again, as we talk about is, is a little harder during this. Um, but, you know, going through the interview process, doing, doing that was actually felt, felt pretty normal. Um, you know, as you would, if you were inter- interviewing normally, like, you know, it's phone calls and then, um, you know, you do the Zoom meeting like this, which, can be a little more nerve wracking than uh, you know, going into an office and, and doing that, but you know, still felt pretty similar. Um, you know, I would say that the big difference was actually in the onboarding, um, and I, I will give Intuit a ton of credit because it was probably the smoothest onboarding process that I've ever had with the company. Um, I had my, you know, I had my my laptop shipped to me, um, all of the instructions. You know, it was the first time that I I think I've been able to get like on the on the Wi-Fi on day one of having a new laptop. Um, I'll give myself a little bit of credit because, you know, I, I run my home Wi-Fi network, um, but just a, a great job by the company of, of onboarding virtually, which, you know, again, can be so hard when you're trying to build that culture and when you're trying to, to really make people feel welcome. It's so hard to do that virtually that um, there was something that, that I really appreciated with, with my team. And you know, even from starting with the company, starting with the team and being able to integrate with everybody and just having, you know, having these, these like one-on-one Zoom meetings or team Zoom meetings, you know, in place of what we would normally be doing in person, um, pretty close to the real thing, you know, not, never quite there, but um, I just, I, I give my team so much credit for, for being able to onboard me, uh, you know, in, in such a smooth manner. 
That's so interesting, right? And it's, you know, kudos to, to them for handling it so well. And, you know, the other points you touched on are really important too, that, you know, this opportunity more or less came to you, right? Which is why being professionally active, networking, mentoring, all these sorts of things are really important. And yeah, the fact that you've, you know, been working from home, you haven't even met the majority of your coworkers, but things are still working. Right, we joke, yeah, we joke about really uh, a testament to that. Exactly, we joke about um, you know the, the when we finally do see each other in person, it's it's so weird because you know you see people and and you know what they look like. The only thing you don't really know is how tall people are because everybody's sitting down. So you know once you meet people in person, you're like, oh, you're tall, you're short, um, taller, shorter, you know whatever it might be, but you know, it feels a uh, feels pretty normal because it's, you know, our, our favorite term, our, you know, the quote unquote new normal for right now. Absolutely. And yeah, so that, that's kind of interesting. And, you know, one of the things I think that's interesting about this is, you know, that into it, you've said, you've been impressed with how things have been going with this transition. Uh, so in addition to, you know, what they've done as far as your onboarding process and your workflows, are there any other things that are happening at Intuit to help people in this crisis that you've found inspiring, you know, because they do a lot of really important products and services, you know, between QuickBooks rolling out the PPP loans and right. TurboTax and all this. Uh, what, what, you know, kind of COVID type pivots there have been inspiring to you that you may or may not work on? Yeah, you know, I think from a, from a, from a customer standpoint, the two things that I'll, I'll, I really um, hone in on are, you know, you mentioned that the PPP loans and how we work with our customers there. Um, you know, we, we launched Intuit Aid Assist during all of this, which was a, a portal and a tool that customers could go on and, you know, they could, they could check on PPP, they could check on, um, you know, loan forgiveness estimators, all everything that you need as a small business owner to, to navigate the process. Uh, the other thing was really just the focus, like the personal focus on small business owners. That's something that that I've really enjoyed, you know, seeing that that's something that I've really enjoyed being a part of um, is, you know, I think you, you think of Intuit and you think of this big corporation, right? But like we're really some supporting small businesses around the country and around the globe. And, you know, to see, the amount of small businesses that, that we, you know, we work with, but also like personally interact with now, the, the number of them that, that we've done that for since I've been here has been, has been amazing. We just did something um, over the weekend for, for Pi Day, you know, 314, where we worked with a, um, a women owned, a women owned bakery um, because it's women's history month um, out of Glenwood Springs, Colorado. And, and, you know, we ordered three pies from them and, um, that had you know, our our, in, our um, TurboTax logo, QuickBooks logo, and our Mint logo. Um, you know, we put that out on our social media and, and really wanted to promote the bakery and you know and say like, hey, check out this this great bakery. Um, you know, that's a small business that's woman owned. Um, you know, that's that's really surviving. Um, you know, during these COVID times, and that's something that you know to me has been truly inspiring. Just seeing you know the impact that the impact that that COVID has had on on small businesses around the country and again around the world. Um, you know, every, everything that we can do to help there, um, you know, I think it's, it's great. Yeah. And that, that's such a great, you know, case study kind of example of, you know, helping out using your, you know, your network and your social reach to help your clients beyond, you know, the service that they pay for. And that's, you know, really inspiring. And, uh, coming, you know, I personally was a former entrepreneur and small business owner, and this is a great transition because you also are a business owner and founder of a marketing services company as well. Uh, could you tell us, you know, more about 410 Marketing, what inspired you to create it and, uh, you know, how that kind of grew out of your freelance services? Yeah, so my uh, my first job um, out of college was at the San Diego Sports Commission. Um, you know, and our, our our task was really, you know, and our, our our mission was really around bringing sporting events to San Diego to fuel tourism. And so, you know, I worked on um, you know a number of great events, you know, from USA Judo Championship, um, Red Bull Air Races, um, NCAA Championships, um, 
know, I was I worked on the bid to FIFA to get the the World Cup to the U.S. in 2022, and you know, ultimately, San Diego was a was a bid. Uh, San Diego was a bid city that went to FIFA from uh, from the United States, which was you know that was our goal as a city. Uh, we were one of the 18 finalists that would have uh, you know potentially hosted a World Cup match. Um, you know, things like that. To the the Carrier Classic was actually my last event. Um, that was the first. First college basketball game played on an active aircraft carrier that was Michigan State, North Carolina on you know, November 11th, 2011. Um, I remember that actually because I was actually on the deck of the the USS Carl Vinson um, when I got the phone call that I, I got the job at SDSU, but we can talk about that later. Um, but so I, you know, after, I, after I left the sports commission, I ended up still working with a few of the, uh, stu- a few of the events there um, and, and doing marketing, doing social media, doing some content for them. Um, you know, and ended up again, just through relationships that I had built um, during my career, you know, people would, re- would reach out and say, hey, I need, I need help on graphic design, or I need help on social, I need help on photography, whatever it might be. And, you know, you end up doing that. And, um, you know, it was, it was nice to, you know, one, continue the work, but also, um, you know, let's be honest, it's nice to, to get a little, uh, get, get a little more uh, budget on the side and, um, you know, get paid to do that stuff. And, you know, then for me, it was, okay, we're, we're doing this a little more, um, you know, as my wife and I, we were doing it a little more. So, you know, we decided to formalize that and, and form a, form a company and, and, you know, do the whole thing, um, get an LLC, get the logo, um, do all of that. And so that's been, that's been official for a few years now, uh, formalized for a few years now. And, you know, we've really been able to, to help a lot of companies and, and work with a lot of, uh, a lot of events, a lot of businesses, um, you know, and it, and it kind of, kind of runs the gamut on digital marketing. You know, we have, we have uh, like a baseball event, uh, the perfect game, all American classic, which is, you know, it's the top 50 um, high school juniors from around the country. So, you know, these, these players, you know, are all going to be, or, or half of them are going to be in the first round of the MLB draft. And in the following year, we play this at Petco park every year. You know, we've had players like Carlos Correa, like Bryce Harper, like Corey Seager come through this game. Jameis Winston, when he was a high school uh, high school baseball player, you know, and that's something that you know we do social media for. We do graphic design, we do photography, and and you know, one, it's a way for us to to keep working and keep you know honing honing our skills. You know, for me as a as a creator, as a photographer, as a designer, it's it's always nice to get those reps, you know, and and be able to do that work. Um, and that's that's kind of moved into other things, you know, whether that's, that's ad campaigns or, um, you know, working with, with restaurants, working with, um, working with, you know, D2C brands, things of that nature. And, and, you know, it's always good to, to flex the, uh, the other marketing muscles um, here and there. It's interesting that you say that, right? Cause like from what I've, you know, heard from other people I've talked to about freelancing, it's kind of the same storyline right where you're doing things you're interested in on projects you're interested in with people you know leveraging your network you know just you know kind of flexing skills on muscles that you may not have worked out as like an opportunity to you know add you know kind of new things to your portfolio or try try something different uh and you know, then as it gains traction, then you're like, oh, okay, how do I, you know, make sure that we're making the right amount of money for this and not, you know, hurting ourselves. Did you, do you think that the formalizing it and, you know, making the company and billing it to, you know, a 410 marketing opposed to Christian DeLeon kind of legitimized it and increased the traffic? Do you think that, you know, actually that kind of step of legitimizing it as a business, you know, made it more made more work for you for the company or made it easier for you to get new accounts you know i think that's a great question i think from an easier to get new accounts i wouldn't have thought so but you know i think it it kind of proved out that way um and part of that you know for 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 us i've never had to to prospect out for business on that and and part of that is just you know is workload and and you know my personal capacity to 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 do the work, you know, never want to bite off more than, than I could chew because we want to offer a great service. Um, so it's, it's been a lot of, you know, working with, with people who know people that know us, um, you know, if that makes sense, you know, it's the, Hey, you should, 
you should give Christian a call or, you know, Hey, I've got, I've got a, um, I've got a marketing agency for you that, that might um, be a good fit. And it's, it's a lot of word of mouth. You know, and the benefit of that is you get to work with people that you like and you get along with. And, um, you know, it never, you know, the, the baseball event that I, that I talked about earlier, you know, that, that's like the, the weekend of the year that I, I look forward to the most, you know, we, we have a ton of people from around the country that we've worked with for, you know, it's been, my first one was 2009. So it's, this will, this will be your year 12 of that, you know, and, and seeing, seeing the same people working with the same group, um, you know, of people that way. But as far as formalizing, formalizing it goes, you know, I think, you know, one, there's a tax implication, right? Like you want to, you want to form the LLC so that, you know, you can, you can, actually formalize that and, and, you know, figure that, figure that out as you work with, uh, you know, with your taxes at the end of the year and and make sure that things are going in the right places and and things are set up as a, as a company. Uh, Can I give a quick TurboTax plug here? You know, a great Intuit product, Um, you know, and that was actually another thing for going to Intuit for me. And I I use TurboTax, I use QuickBooks, I use Mint as uh, two of those as a small business owner, um, which was, which was, you know, such a great alignment for me to, to go to the parent company or to go to, to go to Intuit. Um, you know, and I think just working as a company, I, I don't know that it's a required stuff for everybody. You know, I think everybody is like you mentioned, there's a lot of people who are, who are doing freelancing now, you know, I think you have to look at, look at it for yourself and figure out like, are you, are you to the point where you need to do that? Or you, you, need, you need to go through the steps um, you know, or can you just keep doing it as a, as a sole proprietor, sole proprietor as a, you know, as a, a W2 employee or as a 1099 employee? Yeah, that's, it's, that's going to be one of those interesting questions I think that comes about earlier or, I mean, you know, this becomes more and more prevalent, right? Of when's, when's the time to make that jump if you're right. moving in that direction. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about at 410 Marketing, you're doing a full mentor series, right? Where you're doing Zoom events and you're talk, connecting people you know that work in the space with you know mentees you've had over the years. Uh, and I, I would love to hear more about that, you know, the inspiration behind this and the value that you see in you know, creating pathways for forming these kinds of professional relationships. Yeah, it's one of my favorite uh, subjects to talk about. So backing up a little bit, I used to work at San Diego State in the athletic department and um, oversaw our undergrad internship program, um, of which, you know, I actually was an intern when I was in college. Um, so you know, I, I had 15 undergrad interns every semester and, and still talk to, still stay connected to, to the majority of them to this day. Um, you know, mentorship has been such an important thing to me. I've had great mentors in my career. Um, you know, Mike Kitts, who's the, uh, he's with the Golden State Warriors now, he's senior VP, was, you know, when I was in college was one of a, he was a great mentor to me, great friend, um, you know, took me from SDSU to the, to the San Diego Sports Commission. Um, so I've always wanted to give back, you know, it's always been in my, my DNA to, to grow others and, and to help people along the way. And so, you know, I've had, you know, my intern, my intern roster, my intern base, um, you know, and just some other young professionals along the way, people that I've worked with, um, you know, ment- mentees that I picked up in the Aztec mentor program, which I participate in. And so, you know, at the, at the beginning of, of COVID being in quarantine, really thought about, again, connecting people and, and forcing those connections, right. And like actively connecting with people. And one of the ways that we did that was just, you know, we hosted Zooms, you know, there's a lot of people out there who needed community and, and needed to talk to people. So, you know, the first one was like, we just hosted a Zoom with, with everybody, you know, sent an email out to everybody and said, hey, like, we're going to jump on a Zoom, um, you know, this day, this time, if you can join, we'd love to have you. And, and it was great. You know, we had 30 people, we, we just kind of had a conversation about what everybody was doing. And, and a lot of it, it was kind of a mini reunion of, you know, where's everybody at now? You know, a lot of, a lot of them had, hadn't seen each other since college, um, which is pretty recent, pretty recent for a lot of them, but you know, it was, Oh, you're working here. You're working here. And, and we were making those connections of, you know, Oh, you work here. I work here. Like maybe there's a way that we can work together now um, even though we knew each other in college. So we did that. And, you know, I would continue to check in with people. 
and you know a lot of these a lot of these um a lot of these people i i, I don't want to say kids you know they're 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 grown up now um but a lot of them have heard from me forever you know since they were in college or whatever it might be and i thought you know what better way to to continue to mentor them than to bring in people that mentored me and take to, to connect them with people who i still learn from so you know, brought in, um, brought in a few people um, individually and, and hosted, um, hosted Zooms with them. We, you know, we did Q&A, we did Q&As and had conversations and, you know, really gave them a safe space to, to learn, to ask questions, to make connections. Um, so a few of those people were, you know, my kids who I've already mentioned at the Golden State Warriors, um, Graham Sidarius, um, who's with the Anaheim Ducks, um, Alex Mellon, who's with Two Times You, um, you know, and we brought in, of these people to do this this mentor series and from that we evolved that you know one more time um again because we've been in lockdown for so long that we got to go through a few evolutions and we ended up forming a mentorship program where you know again reached out to, to all of our mentees and said hey you know if anybody is interested in continuing to you know in participating in a mentorship program again similar to the aztec mentor program let us know let us know what you're looking for and you know we'll try to pair you and we'll try to pair you with somebody in our network that we think can help you along the way. So, you know, we did that. And um, I think we, we ended up doing 12 pairings um, of, of mentees and mentors. And, you know, the mentors are, are a big mix of people that, you know, that I've just, my wife and I have worked with throughout our careers. So, um, you know, people from, San Diego Padres, people from the PGA Tour, people from um, Impossible Foods, which is one of my favorite brands. Um, you know, and, and we just connected people based on, you know, the mentees and what they were looking for and what they were trying to grow into into their career. And you know, we did an intro call with all of them, and or with with each of the pairings, we did an intro call, um, kind of the like blind date intro, you know, so it's not as awkward. Um, and then we we, you know, we just kind of told them like, we're not going to formalize this. We're not going to give you you know, we're not going to give you homework. This is, this is really on, on you. And it's, it's, you know, we've told the mentees, like, it's really on you as the mentee to, to get out of this, what you want, you know, it's not up to the mentor to reach out to you and, and, you know, give you homework or tell you things to do. Like you as a mentee need to be the one driving the relationship and, and asking questions and, and doing all of that. So that's been, you know, if you were to ask me like, the best thing about the last year, one would be the fact that my wife is pregnant and you know, we have a, we have a baby on the way. I think I'd get in trouble if I didn't say that, but um, the mentorship program has definitely been uh, number two on that list. Well, congratulations to you and Hema, first of all. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, that's really great. You know, and that kind of segues perfectly into, you know, one of the questions I had about your experience here, right? So you were an intern here. Uh, because, you know, a lot of the conversations I've had before, it's a lot of the things you need to do at college are co-curricular opposed to curricular. You need to do both, right? So right. you need to find your internship opportunities, find mentors through the things like the Aztec Mentor Program, which you right. actively work with. Uh, so when you were a student, you know, you, you know, capitalized on these opportunities what you know i there's not really much else to say but i guess the the thing is that's something the students really need to to look into uh and then you know in addition to that i'm curious uh because you took advantage of all these co-curricular opportunities what aspects of you know your coursework did you find most beneficial that's you know applied pretty broadly to your work since you've started yeah, I think first on the co-curricular, um, you know, the internship is is something that doing an internship when you know when you're in college and really trying to do that your sophomore or junior year is something that I would encourage every student to do. You know, I think that's that's something that you get you get more out of your college experience and your your curriculars based on having like that real world experience of doing an internship or or you know finding a job that you know is in is in your field or is, you know, is adjacent to the field that you want to do, you know, for me curricularly, I, um, it's funny, actually, I, so my favorite class, my favorite class in college was marketing 373, um, with Mickey Cartalia, Mickey Belch. Um, it was integrated marketing communications. 
that was the most important class for me at SDC. And I, I graduated, you know, you mentioned earlier, I graduated as a marketing major. Um, you know, I took the, <laughs> I took the normal college um, career route where I came in a, I came into SDSU as an accounting major. And then after my sophomore year, I, I changed to finance because um, I thought that was going to be easier. And then I went through finance for a semester and at the same time started my marketing internship. Um, and the way that I got my marketing internship was I reached out to uh, reach out to Steve Schnall in the athletic department because I decided I wanted to work in sports and that was kind of the thing that I wanted to do. Um, reached out to him and, and he was one of the first people that, that emailed me back and, and happily you know, just gave me an informational interview. And, and, you know, we talked about sports and we talked about SDSU um, and, you know, asked him about an internship and he said, well, you know, marketing is the only, the only department that's hiring right now. I said, great, you know, I'll, I'll interview there. So he, he put me in touch there and I interviewed and got that internship. And that's why I'm a market, like, that's why I went into marketing because that was the only internship available at the time. And I went into it and ended up loving it. Um, so I, I switched to being a marketing major and you know, I took a, I took Mickey's class, uh, marketing 373 IMC again, best class I took there. I actually saw Mickey at a football game two or three years ago now, um, saw him and had the opportunity to tell him that, and you know, that, that really like the impact that that class had on, on my career. And I, I don't say that lightly. Um, you know, it's not often that you, you know, as a, as a, somebody who's been in their career for eight plus years that you get to go back and, and see your professor and, and tell them the impact that they had. But that was something that was actually really special to me to be able to do that. That's really cool. Right. I, I totally appreciate that. Uh, I, owe my entire career to the business librarian at Florida State University who taught me basically everything that I know as well. So I'm totally in the same boat as far as appreciation for someone really kind of connecting the dots for me of, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, and, and yeah, it's interesting because right now it's, it's probably a little harder for students to get that same kind of experience in this, you know, kind of remote moment. But uh, I mean, things will be moving back sooner right. rather than later. But, you know, it's really a kind of interesting time to navigate the job market. And, you know, for, for our students who are, you know, seniors coming out right now, especially for someone that's, you know, gone through this in this kind of moment, what advice do you have for students who are then, you know, trying to take these, you know, curricular skills and, you know, internship experiences and then apply that to landing their first professional job uh, at, in this current moment? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, again, we talk about active connections and, and, you know, I think the night, the term networking, you know, as, and maybe this is me showing my age, but I feel like when I was growing up, networking, you know, I always thought networking was like, oh, we're exchanging business cards. You know, I remember going to net, like networking events when I was at my first job and it was like, okay, like how many business cards can I exchange with people? I, I don't know when the last time I had a business card was or that I like took somebody's business card um, now. But, you know, to me, networking is just, it's relationship building, right? It's, it's, it's meeting people and carrying that relationship through past the first meeting. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest question that I get from, you know, young professionals is, okay, like, one, how do you make the connection with, with somebody that you don't know? And, you know, I think for a lot of us, you know, Tim, I'm, I'm sure you're the same way. If you get a LinkedIn message from a student that says, hey, I'm interested in, you know, I'm interested in your career path and, and what you're doing, you know, nine times out of 10, you're willing to, to take 15, 30 minutes and, and chat with the student about, about that and give advice um, you know, I, I had so many people do that for me that I'm always willing to do that for other people. If somebody sends me a LinkedIn message and, you know, and adds a mess LinkedIn connection and, and adds a message and, you know, has questions, I'm more than happy to take the time, um, to do that if it's genuine. Um, you know, and the other portion of that then is like, okay, now that I've, I've done that, I've had the informational interview, you know, you've done the first 15, 30 minute conversation, like what next, like what happens then? And, you know, to me, again, like I, like I talked about earlier, it's when it's on the mentee, it's, it's also on you as the, as the, the student or the, um, the young professional to keep that going, right? So, you know, if, 
you know, if you see an article um, that the person might be interested in, or if you see a piece of news or whatever it might be, shoot them an email and say, you know, hey, I saw this, you know, thought you might find this interesting uh, and add some of your thoughts behind it and, and, you know, break it down a little bit. Um, add value. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like add value and, and you can you can keep that relationship a little stronger. Um, so that's that's a big thing for me is is really just trying to build those connections. The other part of that is, you know, you can go into things blindly and, and look for people on LinkedIn, but you can also, you know, as you build your, as you build your network and you build your connections, you know, use that person's, you know, use your network's network um, to keep growing that. So, you know, as you, as you talk to people and you're looking for somebody else to talk to, if you have a mutual connection, lean on, lean on your network and see if they'll make a connection for you. Um, you know, and you can do it that way and it's easier to do it, to do it warm than it is cold, but whatever you need to do to, to get out there and, and make connections and, you know, learn and add value to people um, because at some point it will come back to you. Yeah. It's just keeping in constant conversation and you can't, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? You never right. know unless you ask kind of, right. kind of thing. And uh, the worst yeah, thing they can say uh, is no. Absolutely. Right. And I mean, in addition to those kind of soft skills, right. You've, you wear a lot of hats in, in marketing from design, photography, copywriting, you know, technical rollout kind of stuff. What skills do you think are most important for, for students to pick up, uh, both technical and soft, as a, especially for, you know, where you see marketing going in the future? Yeah, I think, you know, digital is a, is a huge space, right? And obviously, I'm, I'm a little biased when I say that. Um, but I think having the one thing that differentiates you from, from other people, um, you know, especially for like for the seniors graduating this year, you know, as you're looking for jobs, you know, your competition is going to be the person that was sitting next to you virtually in class, right? The person that was in the box right next door. They're also going to be looking for, for similar positions than you. So for me, what helped was having a differentiating factor and, you know, for me, it was, I, I self-taught myself um, Photoshop when I was in college. And, you know, Mike, who I have talked about multiple times now, which is not a surprise, but, you know, Mike was uh, an account executive um, with Learfield Sports at SDSU. You know, he was selling sponsorships to, to SDSU football and basketball games. When I was an intern in college, you know, I helped him, you know, mock up, uh, mock up, advertisings, mock-up, you know, sponsor logos, things like that. And, you know, that helped him sell, you know, and, and my position like didn't, didn't report into him, didn't really have anything to do with his position, but because I had that skill set to do Photoshop and it was something that was differentiating me from, you know, the 14 other interns that were there, you know, him and I were able to build a relationship. And again, I got my first job out of college because he got a new job and, and called me um, my last semester of college and said, Hey, come interview. And you know, that, that was kind of the story for me. So, you know, I think one, make sure that it's, it's a differentiated skill. Like just find the one thing that like you can say, this is what I do that, you know, my peers don't do, you know, figure out what that is. You know, what that is, is, is kind of up to you. You know, is, if that's, you know, you, you know, you kind of take my route and say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to learn Adobe. Um, you know, again, there's, there's, um, student discounts for that at the library. There's a plug for you, um, Aztec shops. Um, you know, you can go, go get yourself an Adobe subscription. You can learn analytics, learn Google, you know, do things like that, that are, that are going to be different than the people, um, going, you know, going against you in, in interviews, you know, from, from a soft skill standpoint, you know, I'll say networking because that's something that's, that's big on me. And, and again, I don't want to call it networking. I want to call it relationship building, right? Like, get out there and, and build your, build your relationships. Like, you know, uh, back in the day, there's, there was these things called Rolodex, Rolodexes, you know, kids today don't know about those, but um, it's all in your phone now and your contacts, but, you know, get out there and, and, you know, just, just start to meet people and, and don't be afraid to, to put yourself out there. I think, you know, we touched on this at the very beginning, but we're kind of in this era now of, of personal branding, um, you know, and I'm not necessarily a believer that like everybody has to have a social media presence. Um, but it's something that, that could help you, you know, find, uh, find a job or find, you know, find your next opportunity, you know, go on LinkedIn, go on Twitter, go on Instagram, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. For, so from a soft skill standpoint, I think just 
build relationships and, and get out there. Now, the other thing for me um, that was really important was, you know, again, I, my thing was, was helping other people and, you know, that's always helped me. Um, that's always helped me just move forward, you know, based on, you know, what people knew about me or, or it helped me make connections. Um, you know, I'll share one more thing that Mike, that Mike told me, you know, that, that always sticks with me and it's, um, it's give before you take offer before you ask, give before you take offer before you ask, you know, and, and it was, you know, be selfless, give to other people. And, you know, at some point that's going to come back to you. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting to hear that. Cause that's how you kind of build those relationships, like you said, which is the huge, you know, soft skill component. And I'm happy to hear that you plug the library as well. And I'll plug it again, right? We have a, in the career guide I built, you know, we have a subscription to Safari Tech Books, which has like video playlists and eBooks on how to use all these different softwares, even, even more contemporary things you wouldn't expect like Salesforce, right? So if you can go, you know, into the workforce and show that you've got those kinds of skills, that's huge. Uh, the San Diego County Library has lynda.com, which those certificates go straight into your LinkedIn and could, you know, boost you on the, you know, the LinkedIn search. And like you said, even if you don't have to be an Instagram influencer, you really need to be building your professional profile on whatever, you know, outlet is appropriate, I guess. And yeah, and there's a, I have, Two, just two more questions for you. It's been a great conversation so far. Uh, so, you know, the other thing is too, is these things change over time, like especially the softwares, right? And then, you know, which avenues people access information changes the way that, you know, they're going to be marketed to you. What kinds of places do you look for, you know, this kind of current information and where do you keep up with trend? Yeah. Especially in the digital space, it changes, it changes every day, right? Like you can't take a three month vacation from, from digital and, and expect to still be current. Um, you know, for me, Twitter's a big space, LinkedIn's a big space. And, um, you know, there's a few newsletters, few like marketing newsletters that I, I try to stay up on every day and, you know, make sure that I'm reading, you know, for me, I, because I work in social, I'm allowed, I'm allowed to be on Twitter all day. Um, but I'll, you know, I browse a lot. I get a lot of push notifications. And then what I'll do is I'll bookmark a lot of things um, and then save them for the end of the day. So, you know, at some point during the day, you know, I'll just, I'll go back on my iPad during, I'll go back on my iPad and look at all the, everything, all the articles that I bookmarked during the day and, and try to read them. Um, you know, again, I try, you know, intention is, intention is good, but there, there are definitely some articles that I, I still need to catch up on. Um, you know, and that's a, that's a good place because it's, it's constant, it's constant flow, right? Like when you're on social and you're on Twitter, like it's constant flow of things. And so a lot of that is curating your feed for, for people in the industry or people, you know, people that are sharing news, news outlets, um, you know, the right, the right marketing blogs, things like that. Yeah, that's something I've always been interested, you know, like blogs, newsletters, right? There's each perf, and that's one thing I try to teach the students because, yeah, uh, when you're, you know, in your two, three hundred classes writing your research papers, you know, that's peer review literature, but in a space like the space you work in where, you know, it's changed by the minute, something that takes six months to get through the peer review process may not be you know, the best way to keep current in in professional world. So it it really depends on what you're doing. Uh, And the last question. The the other thing, sorry, the other thing I wanted to touch on, Tim, that I totally blanked on mentioning is um, podcasts is is a huge thing for me. Um, You know, it's, it's been interesting the last year just with drive time being eliminated. You know, I, I think some people have tried to figure out like where they listen to podcasts now. So that's been a, that's been a big place for me though, is, you know, listening to, you know, marketing podcasts, business podcasts, you know, podcasts, you know, about whatever topic and, and trying to find the time, whether that's, whether that's going for a walk, whether that's, you know, as I'm doing stuff around the house, um, you know, depending on the type of work that I'm doing at the time, like I'll try to throw a podcast on and, and listen during work. Um, but that's another place where you can get, you can get a lot of information, but you can also get, 
you can also get pretty in-depth um, like knowledge and you know dissection of things. And it's totally appropriate to mention that right now because that's basically right. what, what we're working on. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I, I've thought about uh, pivoting this to you know ripping the audio and putting it on Spotify or something as well, but you know this will organically evolve. I, I was initially doing all of these, you know, kind of on campus videos, but this moment forced the pivot. Right. So we're all evolving. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's just kind of, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat as far as medium for, for getting this kind of information and there's benefits and doubt and, you know, downsides to each as far as time and what topics are being covered. Uh, yeah. And the last question I had for you is, you know, you've taken a couple different opportunities, right? You, you worked at Qdoba, you worked for SDSU, right? The kind of metric now is most people in the business world move, you know, somewhere between three to five years, two to five years. When do you know it's the right time to look for a new opportunity? And, you know, how do you begin looking for the job after the first job? I, I didn't know that about the metric. And I'm so glad that you said three to five. Cause I've, if you look at my LinkedIn, um, I'm, I'm about three years. Actually, when I took my, my, my wife hates that I do this, but when I took my last job at Kidoba uh, and when I interviewed at Kidoba and I was interviewing with, um, with the creative director who is, who would end up being my boss, you know, he asked me, this is a pretty common question that you'll get in interviews. You know, why are you thinking about making a move? I, you know, I told him, I'm like, I'm coming up on my three-year mark at, uh, at Saquon, which is the job that I had prior coming up on my three-year mark. And, you know, it's, I'm, I'm it's time for time for me to move, I'm getting the itch. And, you know, and I told him, I'm like, you know, if you hired me for this job, I'd probably be there three years, just FYI. Like that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the way I operate. So to your question about timing, I think it's, you know, for me, it's always been just around, development and figuring out, you know, what's best for what's best for my career development in the time period. You know, whether that's, you know, whether that's you hit a, you hit a plateau at, at a, at a company or, you know, whether, you know, a new opportunity comes along. Uh, you know, for me, I've, I've been lucky in my career where I've never had to, I've, I've actually never, I've never gotten a job that I've applied to online. Like I've never, I've never submitted an application on LinkedIn or via a company website and actually gotten that job. I've applied, I've done that before. Like I've gone that route, but I've never gotten a job that way. Uh, I've always gotten my jobs based on, you know, again, I sound like a broken record, but like relationships in my network, um, you know, and that comes in, that comes in a few ways. You know, every job that I've, I've gotten has been by every job that I've, yeah, every job that I've gotten, I've, I've heard about through word of mouth. Um, and I've had previous relationships in those, you know, whether whether directly with people um, at the company already, or with people who were, you know, close to the hiring manager that that vouched for me. Um, so I've gone, you know, I've never gone into a job interview that I've that I've actually gotten the job for cold. You know, at the, every job interview that I've gone into that I've gotten, the manager has known about me. You know, they've known they've heard from other people who I am. Um, the type of the type of employee that I am, the type of marketer that I am, and you know that's that's helped me. So you know that's kind of a, it's kind of a two part answer to your question. Like one, I've kind of let the environment dictate when it's time for me to go based on you know other opportunities and and what else is out there and you know and how I want to grow my career and and the skills that I want to look to add um, to my career. You know the other part of that is. The other part that I look at when I'm when I'm looking at a at a role is the manager um, and the leader and and who you know who I would be reporting to, um, and that that's just always been such an important part of me. And I've been I've been really lucky to have some some great great managers in my career. Um, many of them who I um, you know I still am I'm very close with to this day. Steve Schnall, who who just retired from SDSU. Um, was again, he was the he was the first person that I ever met with when I wanted to like get an internship. He was the first person that like 
would take a meeting with me. And when I went and when I went back and applied at SDSU to actually work, um, work in the athletic department, he was the one that I interviewed with. And, you know, I obviously worked with him there as well. So when I went through that process, I knew him and, you know, I'm still so close to him today. Um, you know, he jokes that he's him and his wife are, you know, they're getting, they're going to be uh, our child's uh, third third set of grandparents. Um, you know, he was at my wedding and did the uh, he did the the grand entrance for my wedding. He emceed the grand entrance. So, you know, to me, it's always just been about the people that I want to be around. And and you know, that's that's hard to tell sometimes because you don't always get to you don't always get to like get to know your manager in the interview process or get to know the person that's going to be your manager. But you know, for me, it's always been about you know, trying to ask around, trying to learn as much as possible. You know, you LinkedIn stock, you do all of that and you just try to figure out what that is. But, you know, that's, that's always been an important part for me and as far as uh, career moves. Yeah, that's so interesting, right? Because, I mean, the, the concept in sales, right, of the warm handshake, right. getting, getting you in the door. And, right. you know, I work with the entrepreneurs at the, you know, the zip launch pad. And one of the things I look at is I have a list of VCs and PEI who are SDSU alum, right. For that kind of in, right. But you, it's a broken record, but it's a broken record for a reason. You know, the relationships matter in, in the professional world. So that's, you know, really interesting to hear that all of your positions have been through that, but also, you know, when you're working for somebody, right, even if you're hired into like a leadership position in your field, there's more than likely going to be someone above you, like right. COO, CEO, right? Kind of buying into the vision of leadership is something that's uh, important, right? And I, right. I see that as you know, a key point that is worth taking away from from that. All right, so I think that's you know all that I had today, and I think there's a lot of you know great insights here for the students. And I want to thank you for for talking with me, and uh, you know I'll let you know as soon as all this is you know wrapped up and put put live. Awesome. Thanks for the time, Jim. Thanks for. Uh... Now I would say look more globally, thanks for doing this, uh, you know, this video cast. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's adding a lot of value to, to students and alums and, you know, you're, you're really spreading, um, spreading that message and, and, you know, you're adding value. Thank you for watching this episode of Fowler Success Safe at Home. Subscribe for more stories from alumni about navigating the workplace and the new normal.